Money Pit is brought to you by the Home Depot and Pavestone. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question because we are here to help you. Yes, we are working this Memorial Day weekend. Are you working as well? Well, let's do the project together. Well, you're working the grill. Yeah, you're working the grill. That's okay. Maybe you just want to plan your project. It's a good time to chat it up with your family and your friends, get some advice. We've got some advice for you on how to get that job done once, done right, so you can spend more time on that grill, working it all summer long. Give us a call with those questions at 888-MONEY-PIT. Home improvement, home decor, home fix-up, we're here to help you. 888-666-3974. Hey, coming up this hour, it is, of course, a fantastic time of year for outdoor living. And if you want to step up your space, we've got tips on creating projects like grill surrounds and fire pits and benches that are as easy to build as stacking blocks. Plus, if you've been putting off your spring cleaning because you just don't have the energy to take that first step well come on we're almost at summer guys so we're going to share some tips of a system that will do the cleaning for you literally and also ahead what do you think when you see a termite in your house do you panic well you might not have to if you know how to spot the difference between a termite and other far less destructive common household creatures like ants we're going to share a simple identification tip just ahead i mean it's kind of hard they don't carry id so it's not like you can just ask them (laughs) (laughs) all right guys plus this hour we're giving away a very high-tech tool to one lucky listener we've got the ryobi 18 volt cordless brad nailer with air strike technology and it's a prize worth 129 dollars ryobi products are available exclusively at the Home Depot, but if you call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit, we will toss your name in the Money Pit hard hat for a chance at winning this terrific tool. Eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Bill in Missouri has a new driveway and needs some help with finishing it. What can we do for you? I had a new driveway, concrete driveway, uh, put in. Yep. And I'm wondering if I need to put some kind of a sealer on that, or just leave it like it is. The finish they put on it looks like. They used a real stiff broom or something on it, and it's got the lines cut all the way down and almost all over it. You know. Yeah, and that's designed to give you some traction in the winter so that you don't slip on it as easily. I don't think it's necessary for you to seal it. Uh, if you were to seal it, you would need to make sure you're using a vapor permeable sealer because what happens with some sealers is the moisture gets trapped underneath of them, and then it can't evaporate out, and it will cause the concrete to spall or crack but you you know concrete driveways are not necess- it's not necessary to seal them on a regular basis okay um just be cautious with um you know the type of salt that you use to uh de-ice don't use anything that's uh that has rock salt in it i got a real quick question for you i had a new deck built in the back and they used pressure treated yellow wood on it and i had no idea that the yellow they were talking about was going to be the sap coming out of it <laughs> okay and i was wondering is there some kind of a sealer or something that i can do about that well when you have a new pressure treated deck we generally suggest that you wait about a year before doing this and then you could apply a solid color stain to it if you put a solid color stain to it it will cover some of the sap as well and and frankly by then some of it will have you know already evaporated uh, you could you could sand those areas to try to get rid of any you know big deposits but i would wait about a year and then i would treat it with a good solid color exterior uh, deck stain oh okay 
Well, I sure appreciate your help. New driveway, new deck. You know what to do next. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Louise in Texas is on the line and needs some help cleaning up after a gardening project gone awry. Tell us what happened. Oh, yes. We have these insidious vines. One found its way in a crack. I guess my windows weren't very good, and it grew into a back bedroom that I had closed off this winter, and it grew across my wall and onto the ceiling. So I pulled it down and cut it off, and I went outside, and now it has left behind hard stuff on there that I can't get off. I don't know how to get it off without damaging the wall. Yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about, and whenever you have a vine attached to a house... Those attachment points are really insidious. They're very hard to get off, and it really takes nothing more than elbow grease. And so if you're talking about a drywall surface here, you're literally going to have to sand that surface, lightly abrade that surface, because you don't want to cut through the paper to get off anything that the vine left behind. Then once you're done sanding it, then you have to prime it, and you need to use a good quality primer here and prime the entire surface, if not the entire room, and then repaint the room. But there's no way to clean what's left behind with that vine debris. You have to actually physically abrade it off, scrape it, prime it, sand it to get rid of it. And if you want to slow down those vines from growing on the outside of your house, think about spraying Roundup on them. Roundup, you spray it on the leaves, and it goes down through the plant's infrastructure and kills them at the roots, and that might help get it under control. All right, Louise, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Gary in Pennsylvania, unfortunately, had a flood and needs some help picking up the pieces. What can we do for you? Uh, we had a flood here, flash flood. Uh, rain came down uh, in eight hours, about seven to ten inches. It flooded our basement with about a foot of water. And um, I'm interested in finding out from you folks how uh, we can get uh, get back to normal as far as the basement's concerned. It smells. Uh, we did manage to get the sump pump going and get the water out of the basement. But uh, it was, like I said, it was a foot around the furniture and everything. And uh, how can I manage to get things back to where they were before the flood? All right. So when you have a flood situation like that, you know, of course, it's human nature that you want everything back just as the way it was as soon as possible. But from a practical standpoint, it doesn't always work that way. You know, here at the Jersey Shore, we uh, faced one of the worst hurricanes in, in history with Hurricane Sandy. And that was the natural reaction. Everyone wanted to get back. And we always say, no, you can't get back that quickly um, because you're going to make some mistakes along the way. So what you want to do first is you want to, as you've already done, got rid of the water. Secondly, you want to prevent further damage by removing all of the wet materials. So wet carpet has to be tossed out. If the, if the basement is finished, does it have drywall down there? Those wall, those drywall sections have to be cut out to above the flood line. If there's insulation in the walls, that has to be pulled out. If you have furniture that's water damaged, you may have an option of saving some of that. If you can get it upstairs and start to dry it out and kind of make a decision uh, as you go. But you know, frankly, a lot of that should be covered by insurance, so I, I wouldn't maybe try too hard to save it. But get all of that material out of there. Uh, now, you said it was a flash flood and it flooded the basement quickly. Anytime you have water infiltration that's consistent with rainfall, 
It can always be reduced, if not eliminated, by making sure that your drainage conditions outside are proper and that you have gutters, they're clean, they're extended from the house four to six feet, not just a few inches like normal gutters are, and that the soil slopes away. So those sorts of things can prevent further water infiltration. And then after it's um, all torn out, then you're going to want to spray those that basement floor and the walls down with a solution of bleach and water, about 10 to 20% bleach with water. That will kill any mold spores that are left behind. Then get some fans down there, dry that all out, and then once it's dry, then you can think about putting it back together. And next time, I would not put carpet on a basement floor because um, that's a breeding factory for for mold, mildew, and uh, dust mites as well. Okay? Sounds like a winner to me. I certainly appreciate it. You're welcome, Gary. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call. We're here for you to help you with whatever it is you are working on at your house 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We'll answer questions. We'll recommend a product. Whatever you need, we want to make sure you get things done right the first time or at least the second time after you call us. 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Still to come, we've got step-by-step tips on building a fire pit in your backyard. Can you say s'mores? The Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show continues after this. You live in a money pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. What are you working on this beautiful Memorial Day weekend? We'd love to help. Pick up the phone and call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You might just get the answer to your home improvement question. Plus, this hour, we're giving away to one lucky listener a great prize. It's the Ryobi 18-volt, 1-plus system, 18-gauge brad nailer. This features airstrike technology, which eliminates the need for noisy compressors and bulky hoses or expensive gas cartridges. It also means faster setup and easier maneuvering on the job site. The Ryobi 18-volt, 18-gauge Brad Nailer is available at the Home Depot exclusively for $129, but one is going out to a lucky caller drawn at random. Make that you. The number again is one eight 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 Money Pit. All right, now we've got Phyllis from the Jersey Shore calling in. What can we do for you today? I am looking to purchase a home And the problem is I'm looking in a very specific area because I don't want to leave the current school district the children are in. Mm -hmm. And um, all the homes around here were built in the 60s. 
So my first question is, what should I look for in that era of home construction that might be a red flag? And also, um, the way the homes are all built, the bottom floor has radiant floor heat, and upstairs is hot water baseboard, and I just I can't imagine that 50-year-old pipes are not going to go at some point. And I'm wondering, how do I make sure they're okay or you know, look for signs that they're getting weak. So you're basically looking for the good, the bad, and the ugly of 1960s construction. Correct. And, you know, the, 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 the story is that it's actually a pretty good time for home construction. You had copper plumbing. You had decent wiring. Sometimes the services were a little small, but, you know, if the homes are mostly uh, natural gas, you really don't need more than about 100 amps to power pretty much everything, including central air conditioning. Um, and you got hardwood floors. Very frequently, you had hardwood floors in 1960 houses. Uh, and it's interesting because they, they put the hardwood floors in and they very promptly covered them with wall-to-wall carpet. With shag carpeting. <laughs> or shag, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Which actually protects them, you know, very nicely and and uh, didn't allow them to wear. So it's a pretty good year for home construction. Now, because it's a, you know, 50-year-old house, you're obviously going to have, you know, how old is the furnace, how old is the water heater, stuff like that to consider what's the general maintenance been. But in terms of an error of home construction, I think it's a really strong error. Now, if you'd asked me about the 80s, I would tell you, ah, eh, not so much. Those houses were put together pretty fast and uh, not always in the best possible way. But the 60s is a pretty good year for construction. Oh, good, because I'm moving up. I live in an 80s house now. Oh, there you go. So you're going to get better. Uh, in terms of that radiant heat, that's probably one the one weak link that that home has. But the thing is, you can't really determine like how far along it is and whether or not it's going to break. It probably will eventually fail. And when that happens, you're going to be faced with a pretty costly repair. You'll have to put in some sort of alternative heat system because it's virtually impossible to repair those pipes in the in the slab. So the first floor of your house, you'll either be running new baseboard pipes or you'll be running electric radiant or you'll be adding an air to um, water heat exchanger so that you can take hot water from the boiler, run it through uh, a heat exchanger and blow air over it through your HVAC system, the same one used to cool the house. But I wouldn't obsess about that. I mean, it's probably going to happen eventually, but it may not even happen in the time that you own this next house. So if you like the neighborhood, um, the 1960s is a pretty good era for home construction. Great. That's great news. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, I am a big backpacker, and after a long day on the trail, there's nothing like relaxing around a campfire. But you can have that same campfire feeling all year long in your very own backyard when you build your very own fire pit. Yeah, and you know what? It's not a difficult project. And it's made even easier when you use Rumblestone from Pavestone. Now, Rumblestone is an outdoor building block, basically. And Rumblestones fit together quickly and easily. And they're only limited by your imagination. Now, for a round fire pit that's about 10 inches high and about 45 inches across, you only need two sizes of Rumblestone. The mini blocks and the trapezoidal-shaped blocks. Now, you start by creating a stable, level project area. Then all you need to do is to lay out the trapezoidal and mini blocks in a circle. You alternate each one, and they can even be secured with a construction adhesive, which is very cool because there's no mortar necessary. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Three layers of rumblestone really is all you need. For the second and third level, you want to offset the blocks from the layer beneath it and then just line the bottom with sand, and you'll be ready to fire up s'mores in no time. For a complete material list and instruction, with more information, visit pavestone.com and just look for the Rumblestone videos under the How To Guide tab. 
David in Mississippi is on the line with some cracks in the foundation. Tell us what's going on. My house is uh, eight years old or nine years old this year, but I got ceramic tile and, and it keeps cracking my ceramic tile. So we're talking about cracks in the floor, David? Yes. I hadn't seen none in the walls or nothing. I just in the floors with ceramic tile. And it's in different rooms, too, so I know it's more than one crack. I just, uh, that, that's, it's, uh, the only thing I can think is stress cracks from the concrete foundation. Well, it may or it may not be. Now, when you put ceramic tile on a concrete floor like that, and especially in a large surface, um, there is an isolation membrane that, uh, works well to go down in between the concrete and the tile, and that helps to prevent the condition that you're seeing. Unfortunately, there's no easy fix for this. It's There's no inexpensive way to, 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 to stop a floor from cracking if potentially it was installed improperly to begin with. The only general advice we can give you is to make sure you try to keep it as dry as possible down there because moisture is going to make the the slab move more. Uh, well, let me ask you a question. What if I took the ceramic tile up and uh, put some hardwood floors in? Well, you couldn't put solid hardwood floor because the moisture will cause it to warp. But what you could put in is engineered hardwood floor. And in fact, if you wanted to put engineered f- hardwood floor in, you don't really have to take the ceramic tile up. You can leave it down there and just go on top of it because it's not connected to the floor. It pretty much rides. It's a floating floor. It rides right on that surface. You'd put down a very thin underlayment underneath it. It's a very thin foam-like underlayment, like a, maybe a quarter-inch thick. Then the, the boards are snapped together, and they sit on top of that, and you just leave a gap at the edges of the room. Okay. I sure appreciate it. I listen to y'all show all the time. I sure appreciate all the information I get from y'all. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. All right, now we've got Diane in Illinois who needs some extra storage space at her money pit. How can we help you today? Well, I have a deck off of our master bedroom, and it's a 12 by 12 deck, and I want to turn it into a walk-in closet, and I want to bring my washer and dryer from the basement upstairs and put it into that closet. Well, this sounds like a good project, Diane, but I have to tell you that generally when people try to convert a deck into a finished room. I've seen it done many, many times, especially in the 20 years I spent as a professional home inspector. It just doesn't work for a lot of reasons. Now, I, I can understand that you want it to you know, flow nicely into the house and all of that, but you're really talking about an addition here. And if you're going to build an addition, you typically are going to build it different than a deck. What I would recommend is that Even though this is a small project, it's a complicated project because not only do you want a closet, you also want laundry there. I think this is a great opportunity for you to consult with an architect because you have a lot to do to get this done correctly and you also don't want to make it look like it's sort of slapped on the outside of your house because it's going to detract from your home value. But every single time I've seen somebody try to take a deck and convert it into leading, living space, it's never worked out too well. It might be that you can preserve some of the framing and maybe incorporate it in there, but it's going to now be living space. It's going to have to be heated. It's going to have to be cooled. It's going to have to have wiring. It's going to have to have plumbing. You know, it's a it's an addition. It's no longer going to be in a deck. So while that space might fit well for it, you know, starting with the existing deck doesn't always make the most sense. Okay. Okay. So 
what would we would have to just tear that deck down and start over or you may but that's why i say let's not speculate on this and let's not make a wrong step this is a type of project where you are well um, advised to hire an architect it's not going to be an expensive uh, consulting fee because it's a small project but it's really smart to do that in this situation because you'll find out what you can save and what you have to tear down. You won't make a costly mistake. Okay. I didn't want anything falling off the house and tearing a roof apart, and I didn't want to have to do all of that. So I appreciate your advice. Thank you, Diane. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, cleaning appliances can be a hassle, but not if the appliance does the work for you. Mmm, like that, huh? We're going to have some tips on a line of products that'll do just that next. 888 Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Today's Money Pit is presented by Hire, the world's first appliance brand. Stay cool this summer with a Hire Serenity Series air conditioner. Quieter than average window air conditioners, yet cool your home effectively and efficiently. Learn more at HAIER.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So if you've been cleaning your home this spring season and you're feeling like you're just about done, there is one area you may be overlooking, and that is your appliances. 
Yeah, you know, that's very true. Even the machines that keep our dishes and clothing clean, like washers and dishwashers, they need to be cleaned themselves to keep them working right. Well, the folks at Glisten are the machine cleaning experts and have made it their mission to make machine cleaning easy and effective. With us to talk about that is Tony Cronk, the Senior Vice President for Sales and Marketing for Glisten. Welcome, Tony. Well, thanks for having me, Tom and Leslie. So I got to tell you, my dishwasher was starting to develop a bit of an odor this past week, and I used your dishwasher magic product. It worked perfectly. But I think folks are surprised that a machine like a dishwasher actually does need to be cleaned. Why is it that some of these machines that are cleaning machines specifically develop issues like odors that have to be addressed? Yeah, great question, Tom. A couple of things. Most people are on different water sources across the country. And as you're using machine over and over again, you have the ability for the waterborne minerals to build up in that machine over time. That can create scale and corrosion inside the machine. Your detergents will not clean that out. In addition, once those start to collect fat, food, minerals, grease, uh, food debris will build up in the machine over time. Again, you need a product to go in and, and basically refurbish the machine so it can continue to clean at maximum efficiency, and that's where dishwasher magic comes into play. Now, that's really interesting. I think people just assume, oh, it's washing my dishes, it's washing the interior of the machine too. But you're right, everything does get built up and gets all gunky. So how often should you sort of preemptively be cleaning a dishwasher? We recommend a cleaning regimen just to keep your machine well-maintained and and working effectively uh, once a month. For people that live on problem water, and you would know if you had problem water, you might have rust or buildup in your machine, stains on the inside of the machine, or calcium lime visibly showing itself. uh, You do that more frequently. We have some folks that do it once a week. And you guys make it pretty easy with this product. You simply open the bottle, uh, place it into the the utensil rack in the dishwasher, and run the machine uh, through a cycle. So there's no fuss, no muss. Easiest pie. The fat delivery system allows the product to dispense at the right time and temperature, taking care of the problem for you. And it disinfects. Talking to Tony Cronk, he's the Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Glisten Cleaners. So in addition to Dishwasher Magic, you have products for the garbage disposer, microwave cleaner, and even the washing machine. Now, I imagine that garbage disposer also can build up a lot of odor because of the food particles that tend to sit in it, correct? That's correct. We are from a lot of different uh, customers of ours that uh, they're afraid of the, of the garbage disposer. They don't know what's down there, but they know it's not good. Uh, for a lot of folks, they receive like a, a foul odor that emits from the, the garbage disposer. And our product is specifically designed, and we designed it with one of the leading garbage disposer manufacturers, to go in there, scour out that grunge, and leave behind a fresh scent. So it's the largest foaming disposer cleaner in the market today. I mean, it's really amazing. Like, you see it, you know it's working. Now, I'm a big fan of your Glisten microwave cleaner because, you know, I've got young kids. I feel like everything that I'm doing for the most part, and I apologize to my culinary school degree that I took, but (laughs) I feel like everything I'm doing is microwave-related. But it gets so gunky in there, and it's not just, you know, it's not that we're messy. It's just the microwave is inherently a messy place. So tell everybody, because I'm just fascinated by the microwave cleaner. That's a great question, Leslie. And I have small children, too, and uh, I, I can't tell you how many times the SpaghettiOs have been splattered on the, the back wall of the, uh, the the microwave and how hard it is to clean off. But uh, we wanted to design a product for that specific use. Uh, we, a lot of us here have children, and uh, the deal was, I want to make it easy to clean this machine versus getting out the, the old household cleaner spraying in there. I'm not sure, sure what chemicals I'm spraying in there. My food's going to be in there. We want something you could just pop in there. You, so you take the product out. It's a scrubbing sponge with a, an environment friendly cleaning ingredient that's in there. You start the microwave for 30 seconds. It foams up, steams the inside of the microwave. You open it up at the end of the cycle, wipe everything down, and throw the sponge away. We're talking
talking to Tony Kronk. He's the Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Glisten Cleaners. Tony, let's talk about Glisten Washer Magic. I guess that's similar to Dishwasher Magic, except it's aimed at keeping the washing machine clean, correct? That's correct. Although the problem is a little bit different with washing machines, again, you have the, the hard water presence you have with the dishwasher that can build up with calcium, lime, and rust inside the machine. But you also have the addition of odor from a detergent residue and buildup that can, that can build up over time, especially for people that have front-load machines. We've gotten a lot of calls that get a lot of odor that comes out of that machine, and usually it's a product of that seal around the door. Our product is a liquid product, so it's very easy to use. You can use it to clean around that door seal and then pour the product into the machine. Uh, it completely dissolves. It's already in solution. takes care of that odor problem, the, the buildup inside there, leaving your washing machine clean and fresh, ready to use. Glisten products are simple and effective. You can learn more about Glisten products by visiting glistencleaners.com. That's Glisten Cleaners. Tony Kronk from Glisten, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Oh, thank you both. I appreciate the time. Well, if you looked at a pest lineup, could you identify a termite? Hmm, they all look the same. Which one is Kaiser So Say? We'll tell you how to spot those pesky criminals after this. You live in a body pit. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Introducing Liquid Nails Fuse It All Surface Construction Adhesive. Glass, metal, wood, whatever your job. Liquid Nails Fuse It bonds almost everything. Liquid Nails Fuse It All Surface Construction Adhesive. Don't just glue it, fuse it. Available exclusively at the Home Depot. Where home solutions live, welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. You will get the answer to whatever home improvement project you are working on. And we're giving away a great prize this hour. We've got up for grabs the Ryobi 18-volt 1-plus system 18-gauge brad nailer, which features airstrike technology. Now, it's an 18-volt cordless brad nailer that you will use for like a gajillion different projects. And what's so great about the airstrike technology is that it eliminates the need for those noisy compressors and the bulky hoses and even those expensive gas cartridges. And that means you're going to have a faster setup and you're really just going to maneuver around your project a lot easier. And what's better than getting an awesome tool for free is when you get advice with it. So give us a call for your chance to win. It's worth 129 bucks, but you can check it out at the Home Depot. The number again is 1-888-MONEYBIT, 888-666-3974. All right, now we've got Eva in North Carolina on the line with a water heating question. How can we help you today? Um, our home is about 11 years old. We have a hot water heater on our third floor of our home. And I'm a little nervous about it being up on the third floor and with it aging out, I'm concerned about it potentially bursting or leaking. So what we'd like to do is replace the hot water heater in this house. However, we're not sure. We kind of have a disagreement. We're, we're broke right now financially. But we would, for peace of mind's sake, I would like to possibly look into a tankless. My husband thinks we should just replace the current one that we have upstairs on the third floor with the same darn thing because he's like, um, you know, if it's new, it, it, it won't leak and it won't burst. So 
what do you guys suggest? How old is the water heater? Um, as old as the house, I presume. Uh, the house is about 11 or 12 years old. Well, if it's an 11-year-old house, it's going to have an 11-year-old water heater. And while, yeah, that's closer to the end of a normal life than uh, than than not, it, believe it or not, it's not horribly old. I mean, I've seen water heaters go 15, 20 years. But because it's on the third floor of the house, I'm nervous because, you know, water is going to, it's not like it's in the basement or the garage. So if there is a leak or something like that, I'm concerned about there being a lot of water damage to our home. I understand. And you could, if that would happen if a pipe broke as well. So if you want to replace it with a tankless, that is going to be more expensive than a tanked water heater. But it's definitely worthwhile because they last a lot longer. And um, they also give you on-demand hot water, so you never really ever run out of, of warm water. If you're concerned about your plumbing system's reliability in general, just make it a practice that whenever you guys go away for a weekend or longer, you turn the main water valve off. You don't need to leave water on when you're not home for an extended period of time. So that might also be something you might want to start doing on a regular basis. So whenever you're going to be gone for the weekend or more than a couple of days, turn the main water valve off. That's right. Because you don't need it on. And this way, if the water heater ever were to break, it would lose the 40 or 50 gallons that's in it, but it would not constantly run, run, run. Gotcha. So... Going back to my original question, what 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 do you guys suggest we do? Because my husband thinks, well, let's just get a new one, you know, the same thing, and then he thinks it's going to give me some peace of mind. Okay, here's here's what I would do. You you said that money is tight. I don't want you to throw good money at bad ideas, and I think replacing it with the same thing is kind of a bad idea, especially since it's 11 years old. What I would prefer to see you do is is live with that for another year or two, save up some money, and then put it in a tankless. Okay. And do you rec- recommend tanklesses go in the crawl space or in the garage or outside? Well, they can pretty much go wherever you want. Um, if you put them outside, they get a little less efficient because, of course, the outside temperature is cold, and that means they have to work a little bit harder. Okay. And sometimes they're put in rooms that are insulated or outside closets or that sort of thing. But you have the flexibility because a tankless water heater is going to be about a quarter the size of your tanked water heater. Okay, so it sounds like that's what you recommend as a tankless, but maybe just live with this one for another year or two. I think that makes the most sense. Okay, Eva? Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. I don't feel like 11 years old is, is, is a terribly old water heater. No, I mean, given that a lifespan is 10, 12 years, and you're right. I mean, before we moved in, the one in our house was like 20 years old. I used to see that all the time as a home inspector, and, and yeah, it's old, but, you can live but with not it. worth emergency replacing. No. Just for peace of mind. You, there are other things that you can do. There's enough life left in that to uh, to risk you know, not doing it now and saving up your money for a year or two and then going tankless. Because tankless is definitely the technology uh, that is state-of-the-art today and, and, and worth every penny of its cost. Well, now that it is getting nice and warm out, you may be spotting more insects around your house. And if you're thinking you might have a termite infestation, you want to be absolutely sure before you call the the pest control company. So here's how you can identify whether it's a termite or not. First of all, they're about a quarter of an inch long. They're also smaller than ants. And unlike ants, they have only two body segments. An ant has a head, a torso, and a tail. Termites only have two segments. They also have two pairs of long wings and a straight antenna. Ants have a bent antenna. So that's two ways you can tell them apart. If you do see termites, that means there's a swarm active in and around your house, and they could be using your house for dinner. So you want to make sure that you pick up the phone and call a pest control company, have a complete inspection done uh, of your home, and then perhaps do a termite treatment uh, upon the results that they determine.
Bill in Illinois, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Uh, we put a deck on the back of our house. It was with pre-treated wood, uh, stained it with uh, deck and, you know, transparent deck stain. Turned out the color was not what my wife expected. Uh, we tolerated it for a few months, and then she said, I don't like this, so let's paint it or let's do something. So we went back to the place where we got the paint, and they gave us a paint that was not a real paint paint, but he said it will go ahead and just cover that blue. So I said, okay, painted it, and it was satisfactory, and then decided my wife decided to put a rug out on half of it so that it would match the paint in the house and so forth. So left it for a year, and sure enough, when you pull the rug up, the paint, some of the paint peeled off, which I understand because of the moisture and that. But other parts other parts of the deck are starting to peel off now, and I'm wondering what I should do to go and repaint it or, you know, buff the, you know, sand the deck down or something, but it won't work, you know. Yeah, well, here's the thing. You can't put good paint over bad paint. <laughs> right. So if the paint layer is separating and delaminating, you have to strip it. So you absolutely positively have to strip this deck with a good quality wood stripper, get it down to the wood, and then go back up from there. I would recommend that you not paint, but use solid color stain next time. That's going to give you long-term protection of the deck. And uh, it's not the kind of material that will generally peel either. So I would strip it down and then use a solid color stain to get to the color that you want it to be. Okay? We'll give it a try. Hey, thank you very much. All right. Good luck, Bill. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Up next, bathroom cleaning has got to be one of my least favorite cleaning projects. If it's yours, too, we have a solution that will make life much easier after this. You live in a body pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. You can reach us at 888-MONEY-PIT or post your question to the Money Pit's Twitter account, at Money Pit. Just like Ted in New Jersey did. And Ted writes, I have a double-pane window that's fogged up inside. I want to know if it's possible to clean it somehow. He must be mean like between the panes. Yeah. What happens with the double-pane windows, Ted, is essentially uh, you get a condensation that forms when the seed fails. And it's not like it's dirty. It's really just condensation that's inside that. The good news is is it has a minor effect on its energy efficiency. The bad news is it doesn't look very good. And and in fact, depending on the difference in temperature between the outside and the inside of your house, uh, it could get uh, better or worse. It actually changes across uh, the year. So I would recommend that you put up with it, Ted, for as long as you can stand. And then when you're ready, replace the window. It's also possible to replace just that glass panel, uh, but you'd have to have a pretty expensive window to make it worth just replacing that one pane. Generally, it's less expensive just to put an entirely new replacement window in. Now, remember, replacement windows uh, don't require that you completely rip open the siding of your house. They slip inside of the existing opening from the original window. All right. Next up, we've got a post here from Barbara in Florida who writes, I'm thinking of buying a house, but when the owner turned on the microwave, the lights in the family and dining room went out, and then he had 
to reset the circuit breaker. Is this a serious problem and what would cause that? And boy, talk about that homeowner being like, uh. Yeah, not the best way to show your house, right? Is it a serious problem? Uh, That's a definite maybe. What happens with older houses is typically the appliance circuits are on the same circuits as lighting. And so almost always you'll see some dimming when you turn on a a very energy-hungry appliance. The fact that you threw the circuit breaker is of concern. It could mean that there's a problem in the wiring or just that there's just too much going on at that circuit at that time. So before you buy the house, you're going to have a professional home inspection. You may want to have not only the inspection, but an electrician take a look at that wiring and give an opinion as to whether or not uh, it's properly sized uh, or perhaps if there's actually an issue in the wiring that has to be addressed. It's a red flag. you got to look into it further to determine what the best way is to fix it. Yeah, and you know, Barbara, you want to make sure you find a good home inspector. So the best way to do that is to go to a website for the American Society of Home Inspectors, which is ASHI, A-S-H-I dot org. And that way you can put in your zip code. You'll find a lot of people in your area that are certified. And that's definitely what you want because you want a pro who knows their stuff to do this for you. Well, fiberglass shower stalls are less expensive and easier to install than tile, but there's a trick to cleaning them. Leslie has that tip in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, you definitely do not want to annoy your shower, so don't rub it the wrong way, guys. Now, listen to this. Fiberglass showers, they are finished with a layer of gel coat, and that means it can be easily damaged by some abrasive cleaner. So you've got to choose what you clean your shower walls with and things like that very carefully. And you want to make sure that whatever you're using keeps that shiny luster and prevents water spotting. So here's a trick of the trade, but you have to be so careful, guys. We're going to tell you, try to wax your shower walls, and I mean it, only the walls, once a month with a liquid auto wax. Seriously, just the walls. If you get it on the floor, you will slip and slide and you could get very hurt. So try, be very super careful, wax your walls. You'll notice that the water's just going to bead right off. Dirt's not going to stay on it. It's going to do a great job of sort of helping you auto clean your shower, if you will. Give it a try. Again, be super careful and just enjoy the super shiny shower you've got. That's a great tip. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next time on the program, if fresh local honey sounds good to you, you might be surprised that you don't have to go to the farmer's market to get some. We'll have tips on how you can build your very own DIY backyard honey beehive on the next edition of the Money Pit. Happy summer, everybody. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.